This is Big Tasty Sports. All right, we are back for week two of the NFL Divisional Breakdown Series. We're doing one NFL Division a week for eight weeks, leading right up to the Hall of Fame game in the beginning of preseason football. Yanni is back for week number two. Yanni, how you feeling? I am feeling good, man. I hope that uh, we can get a third person on our podcast here. But uh, if not, I know that you have plenty to add and I will contribute where I can. Feeling good. You always contribute more than I do, so I'm pretty sure we'll be okay. Yes, the third member of the team tonight, D-Nice, is back. However, we're having quite the technical difficulties. So we're going to kick things off, and hopefully he'll jump in here in just a little bit and be able to chime in on his thoughts on the vaunted NFC South, which is what we're dealing with tonight. I mean, when you look at the best divisions in the league, this is not one of them. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because we talk about all of them. And the reality is there's still things of interest that we can discuss. So we are going to do like last week where we're going to we'll talk about a lot of different stuff, but we're going to focus on the first half of the season, talk about some of the betting lines that maybe we like. How could they win the division? A few player props, potentially, and just kind of take it as, as it comes. So we are going to kick it off with the Atlanta Falcons and Their first eight games of the season look like this. They have Carolina at home, Green Bay. They're at Detroit, at Jacksonville, Houston at home, Washington at home, at Tampa Bay, and at Tennessee. So that's their first eight. Their over-under is eight and a half, uh, juiced a little bit to the over, but barely. And then plus 240 to win the division is the best price that's out there right now. I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Falcons because out of these four teams, this is the one I kind of have the most on or or think the most about. So one of the interesting things, and I'll talk about the other team is in this division too, where I, I did my own strength of schedule numbers, as a lot of people do. And using those numbers, there are only two teams that are more than two standard deviations out from the middle in terms of easiest schedules in the league. And they're both in this division for me. Atlanta is one of those two teams. So I have them coming in with the second easiest schedule in the league right now. Obviously, these things can change as we see more from different teams. But I think overall, I mean, you can see it in those first eight games even. If I look through there, they go to Jacksonville. That's kind of hard. But the other seven all feel like other middling teams or worse. And I think that's kind of indicative of the schedule that the Falcons have. The Falcons uh, right now are ranked number seven for their offensive line on PFF. And the reason that I think that that's important, and I mean, I don't know if that, I'll be interested, Yanni, if you have thoughts on their offensive line. But this is a team that I think does have a lot of interesting weapons on offense now. Adding Bijan Robinson, who potentially could be a top-of-the-league kind of running back. We don't know yet because he's a rookie, and you're never sure how people are going to pan out until they get there. But it's not just him. They also have Tyler Tyler Algier, who ran the ball great last year. So that's another great running back. Cordero Patterson, who can kind of do everything, including returning kicks at times. Drake London, they added Mac Hollins as a second receiver, which Mac Hollins isn't the best receiver in the league or anything, but I think he's an okay number two receiver. And then Kyle Pitts, who was disappointed to this point in his career, but coming out of college at Florida, everybody was like, man, this guy's going to be a, a, a game wrecker at tight end catching the football. And he hasn't panned out to be that yet. That could be partly him. It also could be partly the quarterback play that he's had. But my point is, if this offensive line can hold up, if they can run block well, 
if they can give Desmond Ritter some time, I think that this team does have weapons to be able to be very productive on offense. I don't mean they're going to be like a top five offense in the league, but I think they can be a top half of the league offense dependent on their ability to to block run the ball and on Desmond Ritter. That's a lot. What a lot of this is going to come down to for me is I think they've surrounded him with a lot of good stuff on the other side of the ball with the defense. They really shored things up in free agency. I mean, this was not a good defense last year, but they signed Jesse Bates, the third, who now is the fourth highest paid safety in the league, a solid safety. Um, I, Casey Hayward, Honestly, I don't know a lot about Casey Hayward, but he was out last year and he's back from injury this year. They signed Mike Hughes at cornerback. That's depth. They signed Jeff Akuda at cornerback, Bud Dupree for the edge. Um, so, um, and then Calais Campbell on the edge as well. Got to look down on my notes. I don't have all these free agency pickups memorized, but all that to say, they got a lot of veteran pieces on this defense. And I'm not saying that any of them are top of the league pieces, but I would say that most of those people I just read off are capable NFL defenders. And last year, they didn't have a lot of capable NFL defenders, and they still competed in what was a pretty bad division. We'll talk about the Saints because there is some stuff to say, and honestly, the Panthers. But I don't know that this division has gotten far, far better. And I think one of the things that getting some of these pieces on the defensive side does is it frees up Grady Jarrett and lets Lorenzo Carter be what he is, which is like a second or third pass rusher. And if he can be that, then I think he can be good. If they were going to put all the weight on him to get to the quarterback, they're probably in trouble. Last year, I think he had four sacks and he was their number one pass rusher. That's not really what you want out of your number one pass rusher. They also bring in a new defensive quarter coordinator and Ryan Nielsen, who was assistant defensive coordinator with the Saints, had that defense playing really well, despite some injuries and different things in New Orleans. So I just look at both sides of the ball here and I say, I think that the offense is talented and I think the offensive line is solid. I look at the defense and say, I feel like they shored things up. I think this is at least a middling defense with a little bit more upside. Again, not top five, probably not top 10, but maybe around middle of, of the league. And in this division, if you can do that, I think you can compete for the division title. So I haven't bet anything here yet, but I have I have Atlanta six and two after the first eight games. And I think if that happens, they're I mean, over under eight and a half is going to be gone <laughs> if they're six and two halfway through the season. So I I did actually bet some over eight earlier on on Atlanta. That's a the bet that I have. But even at over eight and a half, that's a bet that I would be interested in because I think they have an easy schedule, a solid team, and I think they at least get to nine and eight. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Falcons here, Yanni? I think you did a, a really nice breakdown there. Um, I, I would say this. I kind of have them at that five and three mark after the first eight games. Um, you know, could they be six and two? Absolutely. Could they be four and four? Sure. I, I think what you said about the division is pretty accurate. I think this division might be a little bit better than we're giving it credit for. And when I say a little, I truly mean a little. Um, but but I mean, I think what you said, that the Falcons, this team has potential if things go their way, if things fall into place for the reasons you said. What you said about the offensive line is really interesting. And I actually think that that's probably a fairly accurate assessment that PFF has of their offensive line. But I think what you have to look at here is what is that offensive line? It is a run blocking offensive line, a very good run blocking offensive line, 
probably a top three run blocking offensive line in the league. So as you mentioned, Bijan Robinson's there, Tyler Algiers there, Cordero Patterson. You have a, a pretty mobile quarterback there. They should be able to do some things if they can scheme it up that really move this ball offensively. And then maybe some of the pressure on a guy like Kyle Pitts and you know Drake London who came in last year, maybe these guys can be open a little bit more and they can kind of benefit from that. The X factor here is obviously going to be the quarterback, right? I mean, I think you could make the case that if they had a, uh, let's just say Aaron Rodgers went to the Falcons, for example, we'd be looking at this team a lot differently. And, and I know that's a totally different discussion. We yeah. talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that. But to me, that's the question mark, right? Is is what do we get from the quarterback here? I think you're right. I think this defense should be a middle of the pack defense, which that may not sound great, but they've generally been a 30 plus defense, you know, for a long time. So if they're in that top, like you said, 15 or middle of the pack range there, that's a win. And like you said, I think they have enough pieces on that defense where, okay, what was it last year? Grady Jarrett and nobody, right? I mean, that's kind of what they right. had out there, right? And, you know, if they can get some of these guys to bounce back, they had some injuries and like, you, you know, you named some really good, not only players, but locker room guys when you have a Calais Campbell and that, you know, to help kind of build that defense up. So I think you're, you're close here um, with the Falcons and I think you should be optimistic. And the fact that Arthur Smith has such, you know, short odds to win coach of the year. I think that tells you that, you know, Vegas is looking and saying this Falcons team could be pretty good. Um, and again, when we talked about coach of the year a couple of weeks back where it was like, Hey, it's usually a team that didn't make the playoffs and then they kind of win their division. And, you know, I, I think that's what they're seeing. So do I think the Falcons can win the division? Absolutely. Um, I, I'll say this, I do have a couple things. If you want me to get into them in terms of the Falcons and bets. Um, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. I, I think they're interesting here. So the first is. If you like the Falcons like you do to win the division, you can get roughly what plus two fifteen. Is that kind of the the going rate? Two forty is the best that's out there, but that's okay. only on one book. So I'm conflicted. I, I could I see the Falcons winning this division? Absolutely, but I still think I give a slight slight edge to the Saints at this point, and it's really because of the veteran quarterback. And that's not even to say that I'm high on Derek Carr. I just have a little bit more knowledge of what Derek Carr brings to a team versus what Desmond Ritter is going to bring, which is why. So there's a couple of things you can look at here. If you, if for whatever reason, you're not that high on the Falcons, you can bet them to win second place in the division and you can get that at plus 230. So in essence, take your pick, right? Do you think they're going to win the division? Do you think they're going to come in second? Or to me, what makes sense in this division, it's a little bit like what we talked about in the NFC West with San Francisco and Seattle. I think that New Orleans and Atlanta are at least a tick, if not a couple ticks above where Carolina and Tampa are right now. So when you get that top two in the division, Falcon Saints, either either direction there is plus 145. So, you know, I think you look at that, you're getting plus money and you're basically saying, I don't think Carolina or Tampa is going to leapfrog these two teams. And quite frankly, I don't. Could it happen? Yeah, because I, I mean, it's not like they're that far apart, but plus 145 doesn't matter who finishes first or second Atlanta or New Orleans that's really kind of the bet that I'm looking at with the Falcons here um and I do have one other bet that's a player prop here for Atlanta as well you mentioned Kyle Pitts and I, you know he has I think disappointing is the right way to put it to your point I don't know if that's more him or if that's more coaching if that's more the the quarterback play whatever it is but here's what I do like there's a bet out on DraftKings of Kyle Pitts over 
120 yards receiving in any game, and it's plus 250. And when you look back at his rookie year, he had a 163-yard performance. He had a 127-yard performance. Now, last year, he did not. Um, as we know, this team's going to be running the ball a lot. So, you know, I, I get how you might be like, eh, I don't know if he's going to have a big game. But he's the type of talent that you only need him to do it once, right? I mean, he only has to get 121 yards one time. So when you look at that payoff at, at plus 250, I think that he's going to benefit, like we, like I said, from the running game there. I like that bet there as well. I think he finds his way at least once to having that 125, 140-yard type performance. Man, I, yeah, I think that's great. You said that was on DraftKings? Yeah, DraftKings, yeah. Okay. I'm still sorting through all these bets. I hadn't seen that one yet, but that makes a lot of sense to me. And I, yeah, I do like taking somebody with really high upside to only have to get it once, right? That's it. Uh, that seems like a solid bet to me. Yeah. When you look at, not to cut you off, but when you look at like his yardage total, when you look back, he has, he's, he has a lot of these two catches for 23 yard games, right? So you have to be skeptical on the yardage, but then, like I said, you know, he has a couple of those monster performances where his athleticism and whatever take over, you only need it once, one time. So plus 250, count me in on that. Yeah, that's good. I had some player props just written down what they are. I am not interested in any of them on this team. Uh, you know, Ritter over under 14 and a half pass TDs, over 25, 125 pass yards. Bijan over under 1,075 rush yards. If anything, I would, I'm not going to bet this, I don't think, but I'd almost be tempted on the under. I think Bijan's great, but they have so many options in the backfield that I don't know how much they're going to run him. And, Maybe they will run him a lot, but that's just one of those that seems so unknown that it would absolutely not be worth betting to me. And then Drake London over under 800 and a half receiving yards. Again, who knows how much are they going to throw the ball? I mean, it is a lot of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, probably. Matt Collins is there, but just, and we talked before about I'm, I would have to be blown away to bet an over on anything for a season long player prop. I mean, I'd have to think aside from injury, it's, near lock status for me to do that so i'm i'm not going to be interested in any of that w before we move on let me ask you this question so one of the things we said we'd talk about is what does it take for this team to win the division if they are going to do it so i think my answer would be desmond ritter D would you say anything different or is that kind of it for you too I think that's the clear and obvious answer here. And when you mentioned his his props with yardage and TDs, I think we'll be able to look back and say if he bests those marks, then this team's probably having a really good season, right? You know, if, yep. if he doesn't, then who knows? So yeah, I think for them to win this division, we need to see Desmond Ritter. And, and we don't need to see him be an all-pro player. We don't need him to be Patrick Mahomes, right? But totally. can he can he step up from kind of being that rookie learning? to a guy that you can count on, right? That's not going to turn the ball over, that can make a big throw on third down when you need it or a big scramble. Can he be that guy? I think he can, but you know, I, I still definitely need to see what we get out of him. Totally, totally. And with that, D-Nice is here as promised. D, can you hear us? Uh-oh. D, D may or may not be with us. Second attempt. Second attempt. Yeah. Can might, you hear us? We can hear because, you. Uh, this is have relocated to the downstairs. I can hear you. The image is coming in a little bit fuzzy. It's finally time. 
finally time to get rid of this goddamn laptop. I know I've been telling you guys that for a while, but I think it's finally time. <laughs> or it's StreamYard. We don't know. We need some kind of A-B test to find out if uh, what's going on here. But Is it the Canadian smoke? Is it interrupting your Wi-Fi connection? What's going on? It could certainly be the Canadian wildfires. Canada, you need to get it together. It's a combination of this computer sucks and me being a little bit lazy. But also, as soon as StreamYard is like live recording, it just kind of Fs up entirely. So we'll get it together. I just told my wife we're finally just probably need to get like two new iPads. One for her, one for me. Just need good technology. The internet works with the fucking Apple TV and with my work computer downstairs here but this today oh god i'm pissed off it's time to talk some nfc south as i'm 20 minutes late <laughs> it's all good man we, so we were just wrapping up with the falcons uh any any thoughts on the falcons at, uh what you think for yeah i mean that's or just in general how you feel about them you guys probably covered off um, on the good stuff, I have the Falcons as right there with the Saints. I think that they're, I think that they're over under win total is eight and a half. Um, at this point, I think that if you look at the Falcons, and I'm not sure if you took a look at their schedule, but their first like eight, nine, ten games are pretty easy. They have some quality pieces on offense. Have a quality, not a quality D, but the potential to be like a top ten D. I think that Atlanta should be there competing in the NFC South, which isn't saying much, right? Because there's there's four teams that none of them may win nine, ten games. Like, you could win eight games and take this whole thing. But the Falcons' schedule is pretty damn easy. So have you guys touched on the first eight games of that schedule yet? We did. Uh, we, we walked through okay. those. And, and the, the, the okay. thing I said that agrees with what you're saying, D, is I have them – in my ratings as the second easiest schedule in the league this year. That, okay. So that is very telling. Yeah. They, they have like, if you look at their first 10 games, like there's no good quarterbacks. Like the hardest quarterback is probably at Detroit and Jared Goff. Um, and that's not an easy game. Right. But that's not like an upper echelon QB. So, um, and then at Jags um, is hard too, but this right. is a team Trevor that, Lawrence. That's what I was going to say. That's their right. tough game. That that that's tough, actually. Yeah. Um, so then if you can come out of the gate like two and two there, and then I mean they have a bye week in week eleven, um, it looks like this gives this team time to get the offense in gear. Like um, it's kind of a young offense, it's kind of do or die for the head coach, too, right? So like if you can just like grind this out um in the early going, first 10 games go six and four you're right there in the thick of it because this division six and four might give you a two game lead after 10 weeks. <laughs> I think we're, we're generally on the same page. So I, I said, I think they're six and two after eight games and Yanni had them at five and three. So I think we're all kind of in that same ballpark generally, you know? So, um, well, let's, uh, let, right. yeah, let's move, let's move on to the Panthers. Uh, the second team alphabetically, in this division and their first eight games look like this. They go to the Falcons to open the season. Then they have new Orleans at home on a Monday night. So we'll all get to watch that game. They go to Seattle, Minnesota at home, Detroit away, Miami away. Then they actually have their buy that's week. Let's see. 
week seven already. They have their bye. And then coming out of the bye, they have Houston and Indianapolis at home. Their over-under is set at 7.5, minus 114 to the over, and then plus 380 to win the division. Yanni, let me throw it to you. What are you, what are you thinking as you look at the Panthers generally and at this first half of the, the schedule? Well, it, it's not the, the toughest schedule in the world. There's a couple tough games in there, but they're also not going to necessarily be heavy favorites in these games either. So you kind of look at that here, and I will say this. Out of the four teams in this division, I struggle the most with handicap, ha- handicapping the Panthers. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. Number one is the quarterback. I I mean, we hear that Andy Dalton might start the season. I don't know if that's true. Um, What does that do? If Bryce Young does start the season, is he the type that can step in and win right away? Does it take him some time to build? I mean, we hear about how smart he is, how quickly he picks up offense, all that kind of stuff. So to me, there's just a lot of question marks with this Panthers team. Um, which is why when I look kind of at my list of potential bets in the South, I don't have a lot with them. I like some of the things that they've done. You know, I think they have some good players on defense. Um, I, I thought their defense underperformed last year, to be honest with you. I thought they should have been better than they were. Um, and maybe, you know, I could be wrong on that. Maybe they're just not that great, but I think their defense can be decent. And then you look at that offense they bring over a guy like Miles Sanders, for example. Um, they, you know, dusted off the veteran there, Adam Thielen, your guy. I mean, you know, they're the, Hayden Hurst. I think is a nice pickup for them. I mean, quality tight end that they can plug in there. So it's not like the cupboards bare there. But I think at the end of the day, right? Not every NFL team can go seventeen and zero. I, I mean, when we look at these teams, someone's got to lose games. And I just think this Panthers team is is still at least a season or so away of really competing. I think they need a little bit more explosiveness on offense. I think Bryce Young's going to need a little bit of time. So that's a long way of me saying I don't have a lot of interest in this Panthers team in general, but I don't think that they are going to be great. I think that seven and a half win total might even be a little bit generous. I wouldn't be surprised if this team has kind of a six and 11 type season. D, what are you thinking? Totally agree there. They're kind of a boring team, right? I mean, they do have Reich. I used to like him as a head coach. It kind of ended poorly um, in Indy. I think that he can bring some good things to the table. I've heard that who's the offensive coordinator that, that, that they brought in? Thomas Brown, maybe. That the two of them are kind of feuding because Reich, he's an offensive mind, and so is Thomas Brown. He comes from the Rams, and I guess he's trying to, like, bring in what Sean McVay did, and they're kind of, like, not heated arguments, but kind of already butting heads, and I'm like, okay, that might take some time to play out, and I think that it will end up working out because Frank Reich's the head coach. Fucking worst case, he just fired Thomas Brown in preseason, but I think that there's a lot of question marks here. The over-under win total, I agree, might even be a bit generous. I see him as, like, a seven-win team. Um, looking at their schedule in the early going, also four of the first six on the road. But again, it's not the hardest of schedules, and you wouldn't expect them to have a hard schedule because they finished. Did they finish third in the division? Um, it's been a few months now, but like, you know, pretty easy out of the gate. If they can, you know, go four and four to start, they might be right there. They'll probably be right there. So, long-winded way also of saying that. I like 
kind of what they're doing long-term. If I had to pick one team and say, this team five years from now is going to be successful, maybe it's the Panthers or the Falcons, but you can tell by my tone that I'm not super confident in that either. So no bets here for me. Lean on the underwind total, but it's not something that I'm betting here on June 29th as we're recording. I hear you, man. Uh, that's interesting stuff about the potential coaching clash, and I, I suppose they get it worked out, but that kind of stuff could be interesting. <laughs> if it, Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, hopefully for them. I So I, won't, I don't have a lot of things to add, but just a, a couple things I'll say is, one is I'm not sold on Bryce Mitchell as an NFL quarterback come, coming into the league. I mean, I think he was the rightful first quarterback to go. I wasn't really sold on this class in general. Although we've seen smaller quarterbacks do okay, but he is a smaller quarterback, and I'm just not positive he's I'm not positive he's gonna be great. And then in addition, he's a rookie in an offense where he has very few weapons and a new head coach and coaching staff. So I don't like the situation for Bryce Young, even if he ends up being decent in the long run. I I think this year or at least the first half of the year could be a struggle. Um Looking at their weapons on offense, too, I mean, Yanni, you talked about my guy, Adam Thielen, and I will always love Adam Thielen. I mean, I can't I can't deny that. Uh, he is my guy. However, my guy is old, and I think he's a little spent. That pickup was a little bit of a head-scratcher. So, I mean, drafting Jonathan Mingo, that's good. Terrence Marshall's fine. DJ Chark's fine. Hayden Hurst, pretty decent tight end. Miles Sanders is fine, but... that. To me, that's what I wrote down for their offense is meh. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, it's not yeah, the it's worst. It's just average. It's like a number fifteen world, but, to twenty offense in the league, right? But yeah. but not great. And we'll see how Miles Sanders does away from Philadelphia too, where he had a pretty phenomenal offensive line blocking for him. So I'm just not sold on this offense at all. I think the defense will be good. I would give them their props. I won't spend a lot of time there, but I think they will be good. So for me, after eight games, I have them at three and five partly because I think they're going to struggle to start the year. I think they will be an okay team as they come down the second half of the season, but I think they start out rough and I'll, I'll ask you guys where you think they fall, but I will say on this one, a couple player props I am interested in that I haven't bet yet is unders on Bryce young for kind of all the reasons that I was saying touchdown passes is 22 and a half. I mean, how much are they going to have him throwing the ball if they get into scoring position to begin with? I think he could run the ball in maybe as much as he passes it in. So under 22 and a half and then under 3,500 and a half passing yards. I mean, Desmond Ritter, we talked about him not being a great quarterback, but his over under was like 25, 25. So Bryce Young is 500 yards higher than Desmond Ritter. And we don't even know if Bryce Young is starting week one. So I have some interest. I haven't bet either. Yet. I really like that. Tasty. I do have interest in unders on Bryce Young. Yeah, and Tasty, I don't know if you remember, but on when we chatted, oh gosh, a month, whatever ago it was, um, that was my number one prop that I had out there was the under on Bryce. That's right. For, for all did you bet you said, it? I did, yeah. So for all okay, you, nice. for all that you said there, I, I mean, it's to me, it's unlikely he's gonna play 17 games either by maybe not starting the season. And to your point, He's a smart guy, but we've seen him get dinged up in college, right? And and those guys are not as big, not as fast, even in the SEC. So is he going to be able to stay healthy and play all season? It, to me, that's going to be a stretch to see. And even if he does, like you said, when you look at it, Adam Thielen's over-under is like 500 yards. 
Terrace Marshall's is like 600. I think Sharks is like 600, you know, whatever. So it's like, do the math, right? You add those up. Even if all those guys hit their targets, he's still falling short of that number, right? So that's kind of where I'm at with him. I, I think his under is a great, great, great play. It's a great call. Uh, what did you get it at? Do you remember? I think I'd have to go back and look. I don't have it pulled up, but I think it was actually, let me see if I still have it here. I had for yeah, that I do remember you saying that now. 3750 and a half. Yeah, nice, man. Yeah. Great hit. Yeah. Dude, that's a really good now, number. I, I would kill for that number. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. We don't want you killing, dude. Uh but even but I do think if you're interested on FanDuel it was 3275 and on DraftKings it's 3500. So that, that it is a significant difference to shop it around still. Uh, let me ask quick D if, if Carolina wins the division, how does it happen? Do you think? Woo. How do they win the division? Um, or they can't, I guess that's an answer. They start the season off three and one with Andy Dalton. They bring in young. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably tough. I mean, they're what, like four, four to one to win the whole entire, uh, South to win the division. You probably start the year pretty good with Dalton. You insert young, he over impresses. And then all of a sudden you go into your bye week. What's that week seven? They have an early bye week. So that kind of goes against my argument, man. I'm, I'm trying to talk my way through this. You, you need to beat, you probably need to beat Atlanta twice. <laughs> probably need to beat Atlanta twice and then hope that young uh, overachieves. And if he overachieves, that means that Yanni would lose his bet. So we don't want that, but if Yanni's bet loses, then I think that this is live all of a sudden, right? So not really confident in that one. A lot of things have to go right. So, uh, Yanni, any other thoughts from you on on if they won the division, what that would take? Well, I'll just say this. I think that their odds should be higher than what they are, uh, or I'm sorry, lower than, than what they are. Um, it, you know, I don't think – I think it's highly unlikely – the only way I can see a path there is if Bryce Young is literally one of those special quarterbacks that comes in day one and just is a master Pro Bowl type player. And I mean, we've seen it over the last decade or two. Guys can come in and kind of make that, although it tends to be more of those, I don't know, I'm going to say Cam Newton, RG3 type guys that come in and make that instant splash. Maybe Bryce Young can be more of that kind of Joe Burrow that comes in and just gives them an instant whatever. To me, that's their only path to getting the division, but I just think that's asking way too much. I, I don't think this team is, is close yet. I think they're a year or two away. All right. Sounds like we're all pretty much in agreement there. Uh, anything else on the Panthers before we move on? All right. Hopefully Frank Reich and Thomas Brown don't kill each other right because it doesn't sound like it's a good situation so d i think you need to start some kind that, of carolina start some kind of frank brown frank reich thomas brown tracker or something you know start a start a website <laughs> to track their relationship sideline fist fight minus one yeah <laughs> <laughs> could have a preseason of this right or like in trading cab like guys get it together hey that would make <laughs> the panthers the more team. interesting so we'd take it we'd take it all right. Uh, well, let's move on to the Saints. So this is the other team certainly of interest in this division. If you look at the betting odds, aside from what any of us say, that is the way people are looking at this. So here's what their schedule looks like. They start out with Tennessee at home. Then they're at Carolina for that Monday night game that we talked about. They go to Green Bay. 
Tampa Bay at home, at New England, at Houston, Jacksonville, but at home on a Thursday, and then at Indianapolis rounds out their first eight games. Their over-under is set at nine and a half. You can get over nine at minus 110. I believe that's at Bet Online. So you could shop that around and under nine and a half minus 125 is the best line that I saw out there. And I believe plus 125. Let me see if that was right. Plus 135 is the best line that I've been able to find for them to win the division right now, which actually just moved up a little bit from 125 in the last couple of days, wherever that was that I saw it. So that's the way their first half of the season looks like. D, when you look at the Saints for this year and, you know, that first half, but even beyond that, what do you see for the Saints? Um, it's a team that should win the South. Um, at the same time, that nine and a half price is not too attractive to me. The Saints, it's like just so many question marks. It's like, okay, will Carr fit? It's like, I'm sure that he'll be a fit to a certain extent he's playing in a dome you have some kind of weapons but like how many weapons do you actually have like is michael thomas ever coming back like has he played in the past five years like he could have like called it quits and been eligible for the hall of fame at this point because it's been so long that he's played so it's like do you have thomas do you have kamara like is he going to get suspended i don't i haven't heard the latest on that but like that's a question mark as well so you just have so many question marks with a team that I think talent wise, you can make a fine argument that they have a ton of talent, but like for my odds, I'd rather take the Falcons to win this whole division at plus two twenty. And you take a look at the schedule. It is road heavy to start the season. I mean, you go to Carolina, it's not the hardest thing at green Bay is not what it used to be at Patriots and at Texans. So Again, we've talked about it time and time again. These teams have pretty easy schedules to start the year. But for the Saints to really make a move and hit that over total, those first six games, and I know that they're road games, they play some easy teams. you got to start four and two, five and one even, right? So it's like because it does get harder as the year goes on. So another long-winded way of saying I haven't bet anything on the Saints, but – I'm not going to take anything. You you could sell me on an under nine and a half win total, but then as you're selling me, you need to tell me like why that's going to happen because I know that they play six games in the division that are going to be very, very winnable games. So no bet for me. Um, just hoping Michael Thomas comes back at some point. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yanni, what kind of – amazing case are you going to make for the saints <laughs> i have to start by asking you guys and did you guys happen to see the meme that had demar hamlin and it said this guy literally died on the field and still came back before michael thomas Dude, i came so close to <laughs> bringing that awesome. up i came so close to bringing that up and it was like is it too soon and i've talked about killing people already and smashed my laptop on this podcast so didn't want to like, you know, totally wreck the podcast here, but I saw that and was laughing for like a solid. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, That's awesome. it's true though, you know, and, and Thomas is kind of an X factor. If he can come back and be even close to what he was when he was basically catching nine yard passes on every freaking down. I mean, I, How old who is he, now? he was a rookie in 2016, I think. 
So okay. it, it feels longer actually. So he's probably pushing 30 or so. He's probably yeah, 29 ish, maybe 30. somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, 30. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I you know, here's my take on the Saints. First of all, I do think they have earned the right to be favorites in the division, even though I think it is close with Atlanta, as you guys have mentioned. But let me before I give you a quick break on the on the Saints here, I have a couple bets that I like and I'll tell you why. I do like coach of the year for Dennis Allen at plus 2,500. And I'll tell you why. Arthur Smith is at plus 1,600 for the Falcons. And if they don't win the division, he's not winning that. The Saints are kind of in that same boat where they weren't great a year ago. If they, with this schedule, which I have ranked as the second easiest in the league, if they win a bunch of games and win that division, I think those are decent odds for a guy like Dennis Allen if this team gets it going. So I think you can keep an eye on that. But what I would say about the Saints is this: they're. I think out of the gate they may come. They may come out of the gate a little bit slow, like you mentioned. Either incorporating Derek Carr in here, they got some new pieces. It could take them just a little while to get this thing figured out here. But I actually like them to go over their win total just for the simple fact of their schedule as a cakewalk. Um, I, I think that. Almost by default, they can get to 10 wins, even if they're not great, even if they don't play great. So I kind of like them, but I actually am going to wait to bet it because when you guys mentioned that schedule early, it's not hard, but I could see them tripping up in some of those games there. They're, they're not necessarily, they're not layups. I mean, I don't know that any team in the NFC South has a layup per se, but I would almost, you know, I could kind of see them maybe being five and three or even four and four out of the gate if things don't go well. And then at that point, I think you get really nice odds to either win the division or go over their their win total at that point. And the second half of their se- second half of their schedule is just as easy as the first half. Honestly, it's you know there's not a lot of not a lot of landmines in there to watch out for. So I do think they're going to win the division. I think eventually Carr will do enough for them. And I- I'll say this, and I'll answer your question early, D. And I apologize maybe for going out of order, but. For me, I think the way this team wins the division is we've got to see a resurgence from that defense. That's actually the question mark that I have. It's not Derek Carr. Um, I think their offense is going to be okay. But what we've seen is that defense erode away the last three seasons to where they were really a dominant defense, and they've kind of trickled down to mediocrity here. And when you look at their offseason, I mean, they lost a guy like David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, guys that were contributors on that D. And yes, they did use their first round draft pick on a defensive tackle. I mean, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But when I look at that defense, it's not nearly as strong as what it was a few years ago. And that's what concerns me about this team. That's what I think needs to happen for them to win the division. And the last bet I'll put out there that I do love, though, um, we talk about betting player prop overs, but I have one that I do like here. And that's Olave, Chris Olave's yards, Um, 1,000.5 yards receiving even money or minus 110, I should say, not even money. I'm sorry, even normal juice minus 110. He went over that as a rookie with a mostly Andy Dalton-led team with Taysom Hill throwing passes. So he did that as a rookie. I anticipate him being better. Derek Carr absolutely feeds the ball to his number one receiver. He's done that his whole career. I would imagine that is the case here, even if Michael Thomas comes back and catches his eight-yard slant passes. I think Olave, you know, as long as he's healthy, which again, we never know, but as long as he's healthy, I think he goes well over that. I think he has a 12, 1300 yard season this year. So I really, that's one player prop over that I've really got my eye on. And now I'll be quiet. 
You never have to be quiet, Yanni. It's great. Uh, I like the I like the bets. So I'm gonna in a minute here probably slightly disagree uh, with one part of one of them, though. I like the over. So a couple things I think about the Saints is I think there are, you guys have named it, but I think there are two big question marks on this team. Number one, Chris Olave is good, and their other receivers are all right with Rashid Shahid and Jawan Johnson at tight end. Those are both those are all fine. Michael Thomas is a huge question mark, which you already talked about. And then, D, you talked about Alvin Kamara and whether he's suspended or plays. I want to know if he's still going to have lead in his shoes as well. Like, that guy looked really diminished from what he used to be last year. And maybe he was injured, and maybe that's why, or maybe other stuff was weighing on him. But he's also getting older, and we know what happens to aging running backs. So one of the reasons that I actually really like that over on the crystal, and I hadn't thought about that bet. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'd make it for sure, but I think this team is going to have to throw the ball. I, I don't feel confident in the running game of the Saints. And so I think this offense is pretty tenuous. If Michael Thomas doesn't come back strong, if Alvin Kamara isn't strong, I think they're going to just be okay. Another reason that I think that is the offensive line. Derek Carr needs time to throw the ball, and he's a professional NFL quarterback. He's been evading rushes and all that kind of stuff, and so he 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 can do that okay. Last year, according to PFF, the Raiders' offensive line was ranked number ten in the league. The Saints are projected to be number twenty-four this year in terms that could of be offensive an issue line. right there. That right, so, so if he's playing behind a worse offensive line this year than he played behind last year, and at times, I mean. You guys, I'm sure, remember last year, he had games where he looked good, but he had games where he just looked atrocious. If it's Derek Carr, and man, that's kind of been his career. It's like boom or bust. Like, at times, he'll look like a top-five quarterback of the week. It's like, this team, if they keep playing like this, they could go to the conference championship game. And then there's other games where it's like, okay, this team's not going to win five to six games. That could certainly be the case again, especially with all the question marks. Like, if you don't have Thomas – and Kamara, you can only scheme up so much, and they have good pieces. But I don't know, man. We we talk right. about a lot. We we talk about a lot about the trenches, and we talk about the Eagles, and we talk about why why they're good. They have a really so good, good offensive there. line. They have a really good defensive line, and that's kind of how the Saints were built under Sean Payton. I mean, yes, they obviously had Drew Brees, but they kind of had they built around that offensive line, and when their defense became good, they were building around that defensive line. And you're right. There's been some attrition there. You know, I mentioned the defensive line there, but but Tasty, you're right. That offensive line is not as good as it was three years ago either. I mean, they've lost different guys to retirement, free agency, and you know, you look at that, and you're right. I mean, can Derek Carr sustain behind that if he's under pressure? I mean, I guess we'll see. And and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with scheme. But it's a very valid point that you brought up. Yeah, so that so that's where I'm at with the offense. And then defensively, I mean, less for me to say there. I think the people they lost and the people they brought in probably end up being something close to a wash. So I don't think this defense is better. They're probably not really worse. Some of their best players are getting older. Cam Jordan is 35 now. Demario Davis is 35. Tyron Matthew in the secondary where it maybe matters even more is 32. So I think the defense will be good, but I'm not sure they'll be great. And here's here's where I come down to ultimately on the saints that makes me not super high on them is they feel thin to me. Like when I look at the Falcons and I look at their weapons and I look at some of the pieces they brought in on defense, like we said, I'm not saying they're world beaters, but they have some guys. I feel like if the saints lose a few guys on either side of the ball, they're really in big trouble. I, they don't feel deep to me. And th there's a lot of question marks 
and I'm not, I like Derek Carr, but I'm not some huge believer in Derek Carr. So I, um, the, the only reason that I actually do like the over on the win total is I told you I had two teams in this division who, for me, have the easiest schedules in the league. I have the Saints as the easiest schedule in the league, like better than the Falcons. So that's the reason why I wouldn't mind grabbing. And, and Yanni, this is the only point I'm going to disagree about is, and I haven't done it yet, so maybe I'm you know not backing it up, but I'd be interested in taking the over nine right now. Because if it got to nine and a half, I'm not sure that I want it. Like I, I like that little bit of extra built in, and it's only minus one ten. That's a bet online right now. And while they could come out of the gate slow, I also think I'm not high on Tennessee. We just talked about Carolina coming out of the gate slow potentially. Green Bay, I think, could come out of the gate slow. Tampa Bay is terrible. If I think they can be four and zero after those four games now i think the schedule gets harder after that uh for them like they it's not a super hard stretch but it might be their hardest stretch of the season it and that's new england houston Jax, jacksonville and indy yeah, so Vikings, um, right? yeah so so i have them being five and three i could see them maybe being six and two i can like we said before i can see them being four and four but um i like that uh over on Olave yards that you said because i do think they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot but because of all the stuff I said of them feeling thinner and D, you've already said this, but if you were going to bet the division, I do think Atlanta is the bet given the lines and given where these teams are. Totally agree. If I have to take anybody, it has to be um, Atlanta. Don't love the team, but I would rather have them at, if you can get like 220. Um, to Yanni's point, you could wait on the Saints here if they come out of the gate a little bit slow um, and then try to hop on them but again i mean they have the most talent and we've probably you know said this a few times here they have the most talent in the south it's just a matter of them putting it together and in the trenches it's like if they don't have an offensive line how's their car gonna do that so time will tell but um if you do take the over make sure that you get a nine because if they go nine and eight you push your bet tasty at a nine and a half then you'd be kicking yourself. So it will be a competitive division. It might not be the the the, the best division, but this is going to be a damn competitive division until the end. Like you, you'll have six wins on Christmas and be live to win it. <laughs> Certainly could be. Absolutely. So, uh, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, the closing act for the NFC, NFC South. And, you know, we save the best for last, except not tonight. So we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by the always great Baker Mayfield, maybe. And here's how their schedule looks the first eight games. At Minnesota, Chicago at home, Philadelphia at home on a Monday night. So we get to see Tampa Bay on a Monday night. This is a treat that we should all look forward to in week three. At New Orleans, here's a crazy thing. They have their buy in week five. So earliest buy, they get that early. Then they have Detroit and Atlanta at home. They go to Buffalo on a Thursday. I have the feeling that could be a rough trip for them. And then they're at Houston to round out those first eight games. Their over-under is set at six and a half, plus 120 to the over. So it is juiced to the under at minus 130. And you can get a whopping plus 800 if you want to bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this division. Yanni, I'm going to throw it to you. First eight games, Tampa Bay in general. What do you think? 
I've got him at two and six after the first eight. Um, Me too. Yeah, not not looking good. And here's the really weird thing about Tampa Bay. If you were poaching players, they've got players you'd poach. I mean, you've got Mike Evans there. You've got Chris Godwin. You've got a guy like Vita Vea. You've got Devin White. So, I mean, you've got some all-pro, pro-bowl-type caliber players on that roster, but it's not constructed very well, and obviously the quarterback is going to be an issue there. Um, and, and this isn't a bash on Baker Mayfield session, but you look at how this offense struggled last year with the best quarterback in the history of the game, and they weren't struggling because the best quarterback in the history of the game wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing well because this team wasn't very good. That offensive line was not did not play well. We know they had some injuries, but you kind of look at that offensive line and you're like, okay, you got a guy like Tristan Wirfs, but other than that, what are you really looking at on that offensive line? You start looking at the depth that they used to have at like receiver, tight end, when you had guys like AB and Gronk there and whatever. There's, you know, the depth isn't there behind Evans and Godwin now. So I just think Baker Mayfield is really, really, really going to struggle in this offense. And you just wonder, what does that do to a defense? You know, the defense, I thought, again, speaking of underperforming, they were up and down last year. They looked good some weeks, and then there were other weeks where it was like, you guys should be better than this. But when you see guys like Devin White and you're saying, man, I feel like they should be better, how are they going to be if Baker Mayfield's going three and out? How are they going to be if if this team's throwing interceptions? I mean, I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball. I just think that when you look – that number's juiced to the under for a reason. And I think that's because I, I want to take the under, you know? So I think you're, you're seeing there's a reason why it is juiced to the under there. I think this team is going to struggle to win five games. Um, I, I think it's going to be that rough. I would not be shocked if the, you know, we've seen more and more NFL teams when it comes to the trade deadline, trying to unload some, some veteran players this team to me is a big potential for that. You know, a guy like Mike Evans or whatever you could see potentially getting shipped off. I don't know his contract situation, so I'm, I'm literally just throwing out a name. But um, that's kind of where I am on this Tampa team here. I think it's going to be a rough year. I, if, if you're a Tampa fan, I think you're going to look back and say, okay, we, we kind of, it's almost we sold our soul for Tom Brady. We got a Super Bowl out of it. We got some good, three good years of football here. And now we're back to the drawing board. And I think that's what this Buccaneer team is. D, tell him why he's wrong. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong at all because you're right. I'm currently <laughs> shopping alt under win totals on the Tampa Bay Bucks, alt under four and a half. And I do think, actually, I don't know that they get to five wins. Plus 240 um, is pretty attractive. The over under win total of six and a half it's like find six wins on this schedule i mean they sold their soul so then yanni put it pretty damn well and they got some great football took a super bowl contended for um a few years technically even had a home playoff game uh that that was last year right um they went eight and nine and they had a home playoff game so that all comes to an end and now it's like time to rebuild you have baker i don't know if he's going to be there the entire year who's the backup quarterback there because he Traps, could be coming right? in. Kyle, Kyle Trask as of right Kyle now. Yeah. Okay. So you split time in between those two. You know that Mayfield, I mean, he has a knack for getting hurt too. He also has a knack for not being a good quarterback at times also. So there's that. So it's like you take a look at those four first four games at Vikes, Chicago, Jesus, um, against the Eagles on a Monday night game and then at Saints. Totally could be 0-4. 
you'll need that bye week. And then, <laughs> then it doesn't, it, it gets a little bit easier, but should they even make the trip at bills um, in week eight on a short week, just mail that one in. So, I mean, look, this is, and Yanni brings up a really good point. This is a team that at the trade deadline, just trade for parts. And I'm not saying tank, but there's 17 games where we're struggling to come up with four to five wins, get a top three pick, rebuild this thing. You can get something for Evans. I don't know what his contract is um, at this point, but like get something before he just leaves in free agency anyways. So shop that and um, keep shopping lines on, on these unders. Don't pay the juice on the six and a half, even though I do think it will hit. You can shop around for those all unders, man, because I think this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Uh, number one, I think this team has the hardest schedule of any in the division. I don't mean that they have a really hard schedule, but just harder than the other three teams, which is partly because they are who they are. We've sort of said it, but how does a team this day and age compete in the NFL without an NFL quarterback? Because I think at this point, Baker Mayfield has proven that he is not an NFL quarterback. Yanni, you talked about him going three and out. And I think they go one or two in interception half the time, you know, or fumble <laughs> or something. So Turnover, not only yeah. is he going to put it back on the defense, but he's going to put it back on the defense in bad positions. Uh, Evans and Godwin struggled last year. You, point, you said it with Tom Brady. How are they going to do it this year when they basically don't have an NFL quarterback on the field? And then on the defensive side, and you guys have said this, uh, you know, about the good pieces they have. But since we're to summer, I'm going to use an ice cream analogy. It's like you go get a pint of Ben and Jerry's, and then you also have a gallon of that 39 cent, you know, ice cream shit that isn't even ice cream that's been sitting out on your porch for a week. And you just dump the Ben and Jerry's into that gallon of sludge. That's kind of what this defense is. Like there are some really good parts, but then then the other parts aren't good. So what you're left with is something that is exploitable. Like any competent offensive coordinator is going to be able to exploit a defense that has some good parts. Uh, That's true. Like for the Rams too, right? Yeah. You have Aaron Donald. Nice. But what else? And so the Bucks have more than one part, but I don't think they have enough to be good. All that said, so I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page with you guys. This definitely could be a little low, but for all the reasons you guys said, I right now think that this team maxes out at three wins. Oh, boy. Wow. I think they're, re- I think they're really bad. So take that all um, under win total, right? Yeah, so D, I don't... I don't <laughs> It's one of those, like, I know enough to know that I'm wrong plenty of the time, and I don't know if that's a bet I want to make for sure or not, but because they play in a division that isn't phenomenal, teams steal some wins here and there in the NFL. They're probably not quite as bad as the Cardinals, though if Kyler Murray comes back, at least the Cardinals kind of have a quarterback, which is sort of important in the NFL. So so I do like the under here. Um I actually need to look if I bet it already or not. But even at minus 130, I think under six and a half is a pretty good bet on this team. And I don't mind if you can find an alt under. If the line was wide enough, I would give a small consideration to them having the worst record in the league this year, too. Though I'd want to get a pretty good line to get there because I do think the Cardinals are in pole position for that to happen. I did also wonder if maybe Jeff George is available because that dude's a gunslinger and uh, he's only 55. So I think I'd take 55-year-old Jeff George over Baker Mayfield. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if he's Jeff in the George on your team. Um, so then you can go to DraftKings, Stacey, and you can bet there's probably no value here, but the exact season win total of threes plus 850. 
So if you think that they win like three or four games, you can get three at plus eight fifty, four at plus six hundred. Um, two, yep, two. Plus 16, two is 16 to one. So you could get oh, 16 to one. Now you're talking Once, my language. So one is not even an option. I do think that they pull out games here and there to your point. For sure. Bad division. I think so bad too. Bad division. But I, I agree. Like you go down this schedule and say, oh, by far, this is the hardest one here in the South. And it makes sense because they won that division barely eight games. But the other teams aren't playing, you know, the Bills, the Eagles. So it's a division winner schedule for a team that is not going to be a division winner this year. So it's going to be tough in Tampa. Okay, I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm going to throw one more question at you guys before we wrap up, just to kind of get a handle on what we think about Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Let's say that the Bucks were able to pick up somebody like Jacoby Brissett like borderline backup starter serviceable NFL quarterback. What do you think this, where does this team end up if they had someone like that at quarterback this year? Still at four to five. wins. Yeah, um, I, maybe push six. Like I'm not a big Jacoby Brissett guy. I think that I should have picked, I don't know. With, yeah. Heineke or I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to come up so with other Heineke's names. He's feisty, here. right? Like he's feisty. He can extend the chains. Um, maybe they, they push uh, six wins, but I'm talking myself now. I said, don't pay the juice, but tasty. If there's a minus 130 at six and a half, I don't think even a feisty guy like Heineke gets into seven wins, to be honest with you. Because seven and ten, there's not seven wins on this damn schedule. Right. So, You agree well, with that, Yanni? I mean, I do. So when you describe that kind of borderline starting backup quarterback, I mean, in essence, that's what Baker Mayfield is. I mean, you know, so are you really moving the dial too much one direction or the other with a guy like Jacoby Brissett? To me, no. I mean, I think they're they're going to give you about the same thing. They're obviously a little bit different style players there. I, I think that for everything that you guys have said, I, I mean, again, I've got them at five and 12 on the season. I mean, I, I think they're going to struggle to win those five games. Um, who knows? I think we're going to see just how valuable Tom Brady was to this team when we look ahead to this year and we see them struggle. I think we're going to look back and say, in order to get this team over that win total, it would take Tom Brady coming out of retirement and being able to play the way he played last year to get him to eight or nine wins, in my opinion. Fair enough. Well, that's uh, quite a way to wrap it up for the NFC South. We're through two of the worst divisions in the I mean, they're, in the NFC West, there were good teams, but not the best divisions. So we've got better stuff coming up, like the vaunted NFC North. So everybody get ready. That'll be a barn burner. We'll that's be back. Be, hey, that's going to gonna be a fun one, man. There's, I think all four of those teams are interesting. That, that's going to be a fun one. Who's I agree. There's a lot to talk the about there at, least. at this point, right? Um, I think, yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah okay. Totally. So that'll be fun. Well, Hey, uh, everybody, it'll be in the show description as well, but go follow at the bet crushers, uh, and also at Yanni underscore bet for all of Yanni's stuff. And we'll, we'll make sure and keep getting all this stuff out as we get a little bit closer. And I know you guys will have more going on at sir wager rager for D go follow him on Twitter. Um, and we will make sure and be updating you as uh, Yanni and Debo probably start to pump out some more stuff as we get closer to the NFL season. And you'll see their faces more as we keep doing these divisional previews. So thanks for uh, jumping on and talking to some NFL, fellas.